think about just a thousand pounds as a family. Once I got on board, I saw benefits within six weeks. I feel amazing every day, and I'm very thankful that I now have this body that I know I can keep and sustain. It's given me newfound health, off of three different medications. Now I'm an ultra marathoner. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks so much for giving the show a listen, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. And what a show it is that we have in store today. It is really an extra large show, all about weight loss. Today, you will be meeting the Lajani family. Together, they lost more than 1,000 pounds after going vegan. Yeah, you heard that right. 1,000 pounds. That is a half a ton. And they are here on the show today to share their unbelievable transformation with us. I mean, think about that. Imagine what that is like. 1,000 pounds as a family. Here's some background for you. It all began with Josh Lajani. Their journey did. And Josh, just like millions of us, grew tired of being overweight. At 420 pounds, this enormous fan of the New Orleans Saints, his quality of life was suffering. And he was frustrated. So what did he do about it? Well, he decided to lace up his sneakers and he began to run and he kept on running and he kept on running some more, just like Forrest Gump. Really, this man ran all the way to the cover of Runner's World magazine. And along the way, he shed an incredible 230 pounds as he adopted the plant-based diet. And his incredible transformation, all of it was done under the watchful eye of his family, who then became inspired and followed in his footsteps, got off a lot of their medication, and then together lost that jaw-dropping thousand pounds. And you better believe that today they are healthier and happier than they have ever been in their entire lives. So we're going to hear from Mom Ramona, we're going to hear from Josh's brother Dustin, and we're going to hear from Josh himself. But you're also going to hear about other members of the Lajani family, including one particular person who was up there in age and needed a scooter to get around. You know, those things that you see advertised on TV, needed a scooter to get around until they too went vegan lost a lot of weight, their health improved, and then the scooter was kicked to the curb. Didn't need a hover round to get around anymore. Such an extraordinary story, really, story after story, with this South Louisiana family who went from ordinary to extraordinary. And then today on the show, we are also going to be hearing from plant-based Dr. Baxter Montgomery, a highly regarded cardiologist from Texas. 
And when I told Dr. Montgomery that the Lajanis were going to be on the show, he said, hey, I have to get in on this. He needed to hear this incredible transformation and weigh in with his own two cents. Just really fascinating. You know you've done good when the doctors, their mind is blown, right? And then Dr. Montgomery and I were also going to be talking about some of his other patients whom he's worked with. The changes that they've made to their diet. And we're going to hear about the progress that they've made. And then we're going to wrap everything up in a nice bow by taking some questions. This is a really jam-packed show today with a story like no other. And ladies and gentlemen, this, this is the true story of the Lajani family's remarkable half-ton weight loss and journey back to health. Oh my goodness, what a treat this is. Thank you guys so very much for joining us today. It's an honor, Chuck. Thanks. Josh, we were talking just a couple of weeks ago about your story, and you just kind of randomly threw in there that, oh yeah, my my family members also went plant-based, and they've got a cookbook, and now we've lost more than a thousand pounds together. I mean, you just threw that out there, so matter of fact, I was like, what? What? No, hold on. We got to get this full story. So who is with you today? My brother, Dustin. And my, my mom, Ramona. Dustin and Ramona. I mean, congratulations to all of you on your success. Uh, Ramona, I want to start with you. To see the success that Josh was having, losing all of that weight and then becoming the, the poster boy for running on the cover of the magazine, what was going through your mind? I, I imagine you would have been just busting your buttons proud. I, I was extremely proud. Uh at first, when he came to me and, and said, Mom, I got a new way that I think we need to start eating, uh, I, I wasn't on board at all. I thought he had lost his mind. And, uh, but by example and, uh, and perseverance, uh, he, he made me realize or, or uh, made me want to try the whole food plant-based dieting. And um, so... It took me about three months, and once I got on board, uh, I saw benefits within six weeks. I was able to get off my um, blood pressure medicine. I started losing weight. Uh, I have uh, scoliosis, so I have a lot of trouble with arthritis. Uh, that that minimized a lot uh, of my issues with arthritis, and uh, I just felt a lot better. I felt like getting up and exercising. I had a lot more energy. And uh, at that time, my dad was still living and uh, I was the cook. So I began to uh, feed him whole food plant-based. And uh, his story was is still miraculous too. He was, he lost, what, over 150 yeah. pounds, yeah. I think. In, in his 80s. In his 80s. Wow. And he got off of all medicines but two. Yeah. And the thing the thing was, was he, you know, he really had a, a boost in, like, in his mobility because of the weight loss. Like, he, he didn't really know he wanted to lose weight. But, boy, once he lost weight, um, he's probably one of the few that actually had a hover around. And then the older he got, the less he ate. The hover round, <laughs> yeah, the hover round got dust on it. Yep. Yeah, but, you know, 
it, it made it possible for us to keep him home all the way to the end um, because we could bathe him and shower him and handle him. And, and he was happy and he could move around and get in a truck and go on rides. So, yeah, it, the, the, this, this lifestyle um, has, has, has done so much more than just help us get unfat. <laughs> you know? yeah, no kidding. Dustin, let me ask you, when Josh first comes to you and says, hey, I've got this new way of eating and you see the success that he's having, did you, were you just immediately all in or were you a little bit apprehensive? Yeah, not even close all in. I thought he was crazy because he was just <laughs> telling me a week's not not far sooner he was thinking about paleo, more lean meat and stuff. And so I knew he was putting his feelers out there, but at least he was trying stuff and doing it. And what really got my attention was his results. And um, when he turned me on to a few documentaries that I watched and kind of educated myself, it made too much sense not to not to at least try it. And then the results got me hooked as, as well. Uh, I, I did plenty of yo-yo dieting like a bunch of people have done in the past. And, you know, if you lose 20, you put back 40, you lose 40, you put back 60, you know, so uh, I've done everything else. And I, you know, gave it a shot and, and, you know, just kept going plant-based, kept going plant-based, dropping off different things. And, and, uh, and uh, it's just, I, it, I can, I can do it consistently, which is one of the different things that, that all of the other diets I couldn't do. It was, you know, it was it was it just wasn't a thing that I could do in my daily uh, life. And this is, is working for me and not only working for me is giving me newfound health off of three different medications. And uh, now I'm an ultra marathon. I finished two ultra marathons last year. Ooh, do you and Josh go out running together? We do. Yes, we do. Uh, when he when he's looking for a slow pace run. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, we've talked about how important, um, you know, just how proud you were to be on the cover of Runner's World magazine. But how does that compare to the feeling that you have for leading by example and setting that example for your family and then watching the transformation that they were able to? Yeah, have? the Runner's World, the Runner's World magazine is like it's it, it's just like a little sticker on the journey. You know, the big journey, the heavy lifting, uh, the thing I'm most proud of has been the change in my family's health. Like, in learning about what made me fat, I learned about what was killing us. I learned about the connection to cardiovascular disease and food. And so taking that, running that race of trying to inform my family in a way that will make, that will, that will resonate with them in such a way that they will be spurred to behave differently, even though this is ingrained in us, that race, that journey is every, that's everything. All the other things, the hundred mile finishes, the, any, any medals that I might have, any things that I might have won, those are just like little, like little trinkets and memories, you know, the big, the big picture for me is to have a happy, healthy, um, um, sustained family, you know, and that has been, um, that has been the most rewarding thing of all of, all of it is to be able to sit here with my mom 
to think about just the three of us it's a thousand pounds as a family but just the three of us is over 500 pounds of belly fat <laughs> you know i mean yeah, you man. get it you you know you 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 get it Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it the same for you, Ramona? You know, I lost 280 pounds and is it the same for you when you wake up in the morning? I still feel like, wow, I can't believe that I'm in this new body every day. And and it's been 10 years for me, but every day I wake up feeling that way. Do you have that same thing? I, I do. And, and the thing that I like about this way of eating, like Josh said, it's sustainable. I have never lost weight and kept it off for seven years. I have never done that. And I'm going to tell you just a little bit about my journey. I started off, my heaviest weight was 350 pounds. And I had tried to lose weight uh, for years, of course. And I tried it all. And I finally decided I was going to get the lap band. So I went and I got the lap. Well, I lost like down to 320. And I got the lap band. And I probably lost down to like 170, 175. And then I put it all back on with the lap band. And so I felt hopeless at the point that Josh began to show me this. And so now I don't have the lap band. I went and had it removed. And I feel amazing every day. And I'm very thankful that I now have this body that I know I can keep and sustain. Uh, that's fantastic. All right, let's put some numbers out there. So all told, uh, Ramona, how much weight did you lose? I, uh, I lost 105 pounds. Yes. Ooh, that is fantastic. What about you, Dustin? 195 to date. All right, what to date? All right, so you, you still got a couple more you want to take off? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all do. Everybody, yeah. hey, who don't? Yep. The thing about the plant-based diet, it just gave me that new North Star and gave me something to be aware of. And because... So much unconscious eating got me to where I was and just bringing attention to it and having that as a North Star is is the consistency for me. And, you know, of course, I have rough patches, but, yeah, absolutely. I still have more uh, more weight to lose. Absolutely. And uh, real quick, uh, just going down the line, starting with you, Josh, how uh, how many medications were you able to get off of because of your transformation? I wasn't on any medications other than any depressant. But I did, I, I did come off of that. My doctor did tell me he was thinking to, about putting me on a uh, blood pressure medication because I had been consistently high blood pressure the last uh, seven, uh, few visits. Um, but yeah, just just the, the antidepressant stuff. Ramona, what about you? I was able to get off my blood pressure medicine within uh, six weeks. I was having to take Advil. Uh, probably four Advil every day for my arthritis. I no longer have to do that, you know. And so, uh, and just, just feeling the energy. I have, I joined a gym July when I started this, this way of eating in, in June. I joined a gym in July and wasn't very optimistic that I would stick with it while I am still doing exercise. Uh, you go ahead. On a regular basis. You go ahead. Dustin, what about you? Uh, were you able to get uh, off of any medication? Three prescription medications, yes. I was on an antidepressant. I was on an acid reflux medication, prescription grade, and I was also on high blood pressure medicine. Oh, man, that and, is at the age of 30. At the age of 30. 
It's it's amazing. I remember that stuff. It really does catch up with you so quickly. We heard at the top of the show, the study about toddlers. And I remember being in high school, like 15 years old, being put on medication for high blood pressure, how quickly a poor diet catches up with you. I want to bring in Dr. Baxter Montgomery now. Uh, Dr. Montgomery, we've heard about, you know, this amazing metamorphosis on the outside. We've touched a little bit on the medications that they've weaned off of, but I want to know from a cardiology standpoint, what happened to them internally? How much better are their hearts pumping right now? Yeah, that's, uh, first of all, congratulations to the Johnny family. I mean, this is amazing. And, um, you know, I wish you continue to get your story out because I think what you're doing is going to save many more lives. I think you've already saved many more lives than you know. So continue to get your story out. But but I think it's an important point you, you, you make because we look at weight loss, which is probably one of the easier things to measure. And it's an important thing to measure. Uh, what we found in our studies is that uh, when we look at patients, they lose, say, on average, a certain percentage of their weight. And when we compare the amount of weight loss based on percentage of weight compared to other things that improve, such as inflammation, uh, reduction in, in, in um, white blood cell counts and, and, and the improvement in biochemistry overall, we see a six-fold uh, improvement in other things compared to weight. So, for instance, if you look at the amount of weight that you lost and say calculate the percentage of weight you lost, you could probably take that percentage of weight and multiply it times six, maybe even six to seven or eight. And you can say that's an estimated improvement I've got in other areas such as the cellular level. We see reduction in inflammation and uh, many of them talked about reduction in medications coming off of uh, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And the reason this is happening is not just because there's a reduction in weight and reduction in pressure on the joints, which does contribute to that. But what's happening uh, with the uh, uh, healthy diet is that you're losing inflammation. So those joints are actually healing. So many people think, well, if you lose weight, then your, your arthritis gets better, your joint feels better. But no, there's a biochemical process that's happening at the cellular level, at the tissue level, that's happening independent of weight loss. Uh, also coming off antidepressants, we've seen uh, many individuals who reports improved sense of euphoria, improved sense of uh, happiness just by nourishing body properly. And it's not too far of a stretch because if we give an antidepressant to cause a biochemical effect on the brain, well, foods cause a much greater biochemical effect in a positive way without the side effects. So what you're seeing evidence of here is even though on the outside, we say, oh, a thousand pound weight loss, and that's great. But what's happening is a much greater effect at the, in, at the cellular and tissue level. So their biochemistry is improve, improving six to seven, maybe eight times more so than they're losing weight. So this is a truly a remarkable thing uh, and a very powerful change that we're seeing uh, in three remarkable individuals. Oh, man. Dr. Montgomery, stick around. Uh, we have much more to discuss here coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but Lajani family, uh, a lot of people are worried when they first adopt that vegan diet, like, oh, my goodness, I'm never going to be able to eat my favorite foods again. But you all have managed to take your family recipes and make them healthy plant-based options, and now you've compiled it into a new cookbook called Pure Ambrosia. Uh, tell me a little bit about this cookbook. What kind of recipes are in there? It's mainly traditional foods that we're used to eating. And uh, as a mom, uh, and uh, I'm sure most moms, 
They try to show their love through what they feed their family. And so I didn't want to give up our traditional food, so I just tried to make them healthier. And so we have gumbo and we have jambalaya and we have turnip stew and cabbage rolls and stuffed bell peppers and meatloaf or lentil loaf. And so it's just a lot of the regular old traditional meals that uh, that we've turned uh, healthy. And Dustin's, Dustin uh, also helped with some of the recipes. I've always loved to cook. I mean, that's one of the ways I got up to be so big is I like to cook. And But I, t- I took this new diet as a challenge because it's easy to make any dish taste good when you're using cream and butter and cheese and bacon. So let's make let's make the dish taste good, but also not kill us while eating it is, is the new challenge. And I just like recreating some of the old time dishes that, that give us comfort without taking uh, our health. How much of a challenge was that for you, Dustin, to recreate these things in healthier versions? All it takes is just doing, get in the kitchen and try. It's not that hard. Just relearn a little bit. It's to do without a little oil means you have to deglaze with a little water. I mean, it's it's not that hard. You just have to re-educate yourself on why you shouldn't be using certain things. Understand the the whole gain you're getting out of the meal, not just how it tastes. And then just try. Just do something. What's your favorite recipe in there, Ramona? If there's one that somebody goes and picks up a copy of the cookbook today on Amazon, what is the first recipe that they should turn to? My favorite, the one I worked the hardest on to get right, was my gumbo. Is that unanimous throughout the family? Is gumbo the way to go? Can't go wrong with a good bowl of gumbo. Especially when I'm helping her cook it. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to have the gumbos because there are some things that in our cultural norms that should go away like they're like fried pieces of fat gratins and hoghead cheese some of these things aren't fixable and it's okay we have to build the strength inside of ourselves to move past these options because they play a big role in hurting us disproportionately compared to the rest of the country all right josh ramona dustin thank you guys so very much your story is just i i mean it really almost moves me to tears i am so proud of each and every one of you uh for thank what you you're so doing much. thank you for having us In the episode notes for this very show, you will find a link to the Pure Ambrosia Cookbook. Some great recipes in there, including Mama Lajani's gumbo. Love me some Lajani's. Love me some Josh Lajani and just how authentic he is every time he's on the show and we get to talking about his story. Just how emotional he becomes. And if you've never been in that position if you haven't lost hundreds of pounds and literally saved your life it's really hard to comprehend just how powerful of a feeling it can be such a cool family love those guys and now really that's just the start of story time on the exam room today because Dr. Baxter Montgomery also is here with some tales of two of his other patients who have had remarkable success of their own. Now, what is interesting here is that these stories are indeed vastly different than what the Lajani's had. 
okay? Progress is being made, but they didn't have quite that same turnaround with their health just yet. Didn't match the weight loss as Josh and Ramona and Dustin had. But what is important here is that all of the improvements they're showing on the inside, they're there, even though they haven't had that weight loss yet on the outside, that visible weight loss yet. Really, kind of what we're going to talk about here is that health begins within. And that is something that is important to keep in mind when you're just starting your own weight loss journey. You're going to hear Dr. Montgomery and I talk about this. You think that it's going to take forever to see results. And while, yeah, it will take some time for you to fit into those old pair of jeans or that dress that's been buried in the back of the closet and collecting dust forever... But your heart, your cholesterol, your other biomarkers, all of those things will begin to improve. Those are results that you can see on paper. They're still tangible, even though you may not see them in the mirror. Nonetheless, they are critically important. And in this life where we put such a priority on looks and we judge our success based off of what we do see in the mirror, it's important to keep in mind that you are already having success, even though you may not see it yet with your own two eyes. You are getting healthy, and you are getting healthy faster than you realize. So here now, with a deeper dive into that nutrition science and just how preventable heart disease can be. This is a conversation I had with Dr. Baxter Montgomery from The Exam Room Live. Dr. Montgomery, I want to talk more with you about the connection between heart disease and diets because heart disease really is the nation's most notorious assassin. And some estimates say that half or even more of all of these deaths can be prevented. In your estimation, is that accurate? Yes, not only prevented, but also reversed. And I'm going to share a couple of patients that we um, actually are currently managing uh, who we are working through uh, in our program uh, to show some of the improvements in the heart function. And, and we have data, we've published some case series and also data showing how the mechanism of a, a defined plant-based diet can help reverse these illnesses. And, and as you so rightly pointed out, you know, heart disease is the number one cause of morbidity and mortality. And congestive heart failure is, you know, the key component in that. It's sort of the end point of, you know, virtually most or every form of heart disease other than some cardiac arrest short of it. But, um, but heart failure is a big problem. So, what I'd like to do is, is uh, before we get to the questions, quickly go through some uh, case stories of some patients. And I think it's always helpful to, to show your audience exactly how we work through these things. And so this is a gentleman who had flown to our facility in Houston from Connecticut, and uh, he had been diagnosed with heart failure for over a year. He had type 2 diabetes, hyperlipidemia. He had severe shortness of breath at rest and with minimal exertion. Uh, and he was told that his heart pumping function or ejection fracture was about 20% or less than 20% about a year prior to coming. He had not seen a physician in about eight months. 
So a quick synopsis of his story, congestive heart failure. He had a single chamber defibrillator, which is part of the standard treatment of patients with heart failure to prevent sudden death. He had type 2 diabetes, as I mentioned. He'd had a stroke in the past and elevated lipids. Uh, but the main thing is that he had substantial chest tightness. He was saying by walking in the airport trying to get to us, he would have to stop every, you know, 10, 20 feet uh, to relieve his chest discomfort, catch his breath. Uh, so he was having a very difficult time. We saw him for the first time of any physician in about eight months. This is the list of medications he was on. Uh, it's a long list, as you can see. I'll point out, uh, Entresto is a heart failure medication. This is the maximum dose. Torsamide is a diuretic or fluid pill. This is a very high dose of this. Uh, and a torvastatin is a, a, a statin, a cholesterol medication, plus his diabetes medication, a couple of the heart failure medications. So he was on quite a few medications. I was a little bit concerned. His blood pressure, uh, upper systolic blood pressure was 97 the first day he came to see us. So we had first day seeing him, we didn't know anything about him. Uh, we ordered labs, blood tests the first day, but obviously we didn't have the results. Uh, but uh, this is what came back when we saw him one week later. Uh, we had made some mild changes to the medications. Uh, we came back and noticed uh, glucose levels high. This is not so worrisome. What was worrisome is this creatinine level of 5.8, 5.08. Uh, the GFR, which is a filtration rate of the kidney, you can see 60 is normal. His is at 14. And this is the level that's at the point where you need dialysis below 15. You recommend dialysis. So we were concerned. This is what we had drawn uh, a week early. We saw maybe five days later because we see patients very frequently. It started to detox at this point. So we felt that some of it was probably dehydration. So we made some changes uh, by giving him IV fluids. We made further changes in medication. The next day he came back, his creatinine level was even higher. So we had to admit him to the hospital. And I continued to detox him in the hospital. He got food from a nutrition center. And we continue to make changes with IV hydration, medication weaning, and the like. So what I'm going to do uh, the next few slides, show you some of the change that, changes in his weight, uh, heart rate, blood pressure in the course of about two weeks, really uh, four to six weeks that we treated him, uh, and how he improved over time with some of the changes. Throughout this time, he was on the detox regimen. Now, his uh, average weight loss over time uh, bounced around a little bit, large because we were giving him IV fluids. Uh, and removing the diuretics. But notice from baseline to the end, he lost about 10 pounds. His systolic blood pressure was very low at the beginning, and it went even lower. This is before he started giving him IV hydration. So we hydrated him because he was very dehydrated from the large dose of fluid pills or diuretics he was on. Uh, and this is somehow some of the side effects of the medication can occur. So the blood pressure bounced around but improved significantly over time. His up diastolic blood pressure, again, bounced around, but improved over time. His heart rate, uh, he was on a beta blocker, a drug that lowers heart rate. We weaned it a little bit, and his heart rate bounced around a little bit. And oftentimes, we give these before and after stories. We show you some uh, bad numbers at the beginning and some great numbers at the beginning, at the end. And what I'm trying to do is show you that it's not always a smooth curve. There are a lot of adjustments that are being made along the way. But let's look at the kidney function. His creatinine, which you want this number to be lower, was 5.8. It got worse because he was still on some diuretic. But then once he continued to detox, that number went down. The glomerular filtration rate is the rate at which the, the kidneys clean the blood. So you want that number to be up. That number uh, was at 12 uh, at the very beginning. It went down initially because he continued to be on the diuretics. 
But once we started to hydrate him and wean him off the diuretics and put him on the plant-based detox diet, his kidney function got better, almost reaching normal levels. Far above this line, this red line here represents where you would need dialysis. So when he came to us, he was at a point below where he needed dialysis. So we got him from a point of needing dialysis and getting off. And so uh, many patients with heart failure can also have associated uh, kidney disease. The very first day he came, we put him on a treadmill. He was only able to go a little over one minute. That's on the Bruce protocol. It's one of the more aggressive protocols. His exercise capacity on the Bruce protocol, which is the more aggressive exercise uh, protocol, tripled. Now, we did a modified Bruce protocol at baseline, a close to baseline, did four minutes. And over time, his exercise capacity on a modified Bruce protocol tripled as well. So in summary, his exercise capacity tripled over the period of time, over the four weeks that he uh, was undergoing our treatment. Look at the heart rate, baseline heart rate, and peak exercise heart rate. You want your resting or baseline heart rate to be relatively low. You want to be able to get your peak heart rate high. So you want a, a significant differential between the baseline heart rate and the peak heart rate. Many athletes, you know, endurance runners will have a very low baseline heart rate and their peak heart rates, it won't be super high, but it'll be a big delta between the baseline and peak heart rate. So a baseline, he had a delta of about um, uh, 12 between baseline and peak heart rate. It improved a little bit here and a little bit there. So if I average the, the delta between the baseline and peak heart rate of the first three uh, exercise tests, I came up with about 16.1, or excuse me, 16.7. But toward the end of his treatment status, his delta baseline to peak heart rate increased. That average was about 31. So it showed that his hemodynamic, his physiology was improving. His baseline heart rate was lower. His peak heart rate was higher. Look at the medication we were able to wean at baseline compared to what we started on. Most of the things we started them on, CMOS, that's a superfood. Um, uh, brain on is a blue green algae. Uh, we put a lighter on patch because he had gout. We started him on CoQ10. He continued the vitamin D. And the only farm prescription drug he remained on was a beta blocker called Bistolic. Um, and so we were able to wean a lot of his medication, including the diuretic uh, and so on. So he was he had to go back to con con Connecticut. He still there's more work to be done with him. We're still following him through telemedicine. And he'll probably come back and see us uh, over time. Uh, with uh, more treatment uh, on his heart and so on. So there's still more work to go. Let me quickly show one other patient. Uh, this is a young man who was diagnosed with dilated cardiomyopathy. He's 29 years old, uh, and he was trying to avoid a, a defibrillator implant. Uh, the studies show if your ejection fraction is below 35%, uh, you benefit from a defibrillator implant. So he came with dilated cardiomyopathy, uh, hypertension, history of asthma, palpitations, chest discomfort, uh, and the like. And so a lot of problems for just a 29-year-old. Uh, so in summary, dilate cardiomyopathy is ejection fraction between 20 and 25%. When we did our echocardiogram, uh, it was 29%. Um, we started him on some uh, raw detox. Now he was a little bit back and forth. He started a basic plant-based diet. We would do an aggressive raw detox, go to maintenance with some cooked foods. Uh, these are the medications he started on. Um, the baseline blood work that he started on, his kidney function was a little bit abnormal. Uh, he also had some elevated lipids. Uh, his pro-BNP level was uh, a little bit abnormal. Below 100 is normal. Again, modest fluctuation in weight with a modest weight loss. 
Uh, he's a very heavy gentleman, but despite only a modest weight loss, very significant reduction in systolic blood pressure was improvement. Uh, and this is a good change for him. And also the diastolic blood pressure uh, lowered was a good change in him. And he needed less medications over time. His heart rate improved. A lower heart rate is a good sign of better cardiovascular function. So he had a nine-point reduction in heart rate. Notice these numbers fluctuate. Probably had a bump here because we were reducing a medication. And you get a rebound increase in some of the numbers. The creatinine kidney function. It was abnormal at first at 1.59. This is almost normal at 1.2. This is the creatinine level. That corresponds to a filtration rate that was borderline abnormal at 69, uh, greater than 90 is normal. So we saw that his kidney function went from borderline abnormal to normal, which means that indirectly it's a sign that the heart is circulating the blood better. Um, cholesterol levels. Um, his uh, total cholesterol, although it seemed to have gone up some, he had a pro-BNP that went down. And the total cholesterol bounces around a little bit. Uh, and we noticed that this actually came down over time. We don't have that uh, to start. Part of that was that we stopped the statin drug that he had been on. So you got a rebound increase in cholesterol. But that rebound did not take him to an abnormal level. And so we typically do that. So what did we do? We had to increase the metoprolol for the heart rate but uh, and continue the lisinopril. But we stopped this uh, proton pump inhibitor. We started on magnesium and vitamin C uh, as uh, supplements in addition to a natural plant-based diet. So the overall approach that we take was an integrative therapy. Sometimes we adjust the medications up and down. Uh, the second patient uh, wasn't as compliant, but it was over, say, several months that we treated him. But he's getting better despite the fact that we're making adjustments in his medications. So the point is that these diseases can improve very significantly. And the ejection fraction of the, the second patient, uh, which was 29% at baseline, um, that actually went up to 36% uh, after this period of time of treating him. And we're still uh, uh, placing him on intermittent detoxes. Uh, he's planning to do a juice detox uh, cleanse. Uh, and these intermittent cleanses will help us get his uh, physiology uh, improved and also allow us to completely wean his medication. Yeah, I, th just a couple of remarkable stories. The thing that I take away from that second one in particular is I believe that you mentioned that that patient still has a ways to go as far as getting that weight off. But even though that weight is still there, there are measured improvements inside the body. And I think that if somebody keeps that in mind as they're beginning to try to lead a healthier lifestyle, that will help. Because all too often, if you think, my God, I've got 300 pounds to lose, why even start? It can seem like an insurmountable obstacle, but if, if your insides are, are getting healthier and that's not necessarily anything that you can feel or see, but it is something that is still measurable, I think that that could be enough of a boost to say, you know what? I got this. I got that's this. That's exactly right. And when I tell my patients, take the amount of weight loss you have and multiply it times at least by six. It can be by six or 10, and that's the amount of improvement you're getting at the cellular level. And that's the data we've shown over the years when we do a percentage comparison. We look at weight compared to biochemical changes. So that should be something that's very encouraging. So if you're only losing about 2% or 5% or whatever, take that percentage and multiply it times six to 10. And that's a, that's a percentage of improvement that you're getting at the cellular level, uh, especially with a plant-based diet.
So naturally, after those stories and hearing from the Lajanis, a lot of people had a lot of follow-up questions. We're talking about following up on those case studies. And then other people were wondering why their own cholesterol levels would rise on a plant-based diet. And what is a safe amount of salt, oil, and sugar to eat? And then others were wondering about juice fasting. How do you do it? And water fasting. Same thing. How do you do it? Dr. Montgomery talked about that. Other people wanted to know about the health benefits of algae. And then we even got into eating raw food in the morning and then cooked food at night. Why should we be looking at doing that? What are the benefits there? Well, let's find out. We're going to raise our IQs now as we open up the doctor's mailbag with Dr. Baxter Montgomery. The first question comes to us from Daisy. She emailed this in, as a matter of fact. She writes, I'm in my mid-40s, I'm healthy, and have always been interested in fitness and nutrition. But when my mom and my aunts and uncles on my father's side of the family became insulin-dependent diabetics a few years ago, I decided to begin to watch my starch and fruit intake. And then I decided to go whole food plant-based. Last year, though, when I did my annual blood work, everything was normal except my triglycerides, which had always been between the mid-50s and mid-70s, they suddenly then jumped to 106. I know this is still considered normal, but I'm just curious if you have ever heard of anything like this before. Coincidental or what is the explanation? So, you know, you get mild changes in these numbers and, and there are a lot of reasons behind it. Um, if your body undergoes changes, one thing we've seen in patients uh, when we put them on an aggressive cleanse or detox sometimes the numbers will appear to get worse before they get better. And there are a lot of explanations uh, behind this. And one thing that we've seen uh, over time, especially with blood pressure and sometimes with cholesterol, when we look at our groups of patients, this is over a thousand patients over say 10 years. We've always seen a very small group, uh, a small percentage whose numbers at four weeks will get worse. And we know that your body undergoes changes. It's almost like if you go into an old house and you start to clean it up. At baseline, the house, looks a little bit unkept, but once you start to go into old cabinets and old rugs and, and you start cleaning up, you start to make a bigger mess in the cleaning up process. And so if somebody were to take a picture of the house before you started cleaning and then come at some point in time when you're middle of cleaning and, 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 and removing things, the house will look worse at that point than it look at baseline. But that's just the transition phase of the cleaning process. The body probably does something similar to that. When in fact you draw blood work at baseline and then you check at some point later on, everybody cleanses their bodies at different rates. So you may see some of these numbers get worse at certain points during the cleansing phase. So this may be one explanation to why you see your triglyceride level a little bit high. And the other things we see when patients were weaning medications, we'll see rebound increases. Like the one patient I showed you, his cholesterol was a little bit elevated. We had stopped a statin drug, but it had not gone up too high. So basically, if you continue to eat a clean diet, uh, these numbers should level off over time. All right, let's try to blow through a few more here. Uh, quickly, uh, this one is from Lori, wrote in at 1211. This has been in the queue for a while. Lori, we did not forget you. Uh, she writes, there is so much controversy uh, controversy between plant-based disciplines on the recommended amount of salt, oil, fat, and sugar. So what are the healthy numbers to keep your sodium fat and sugar uh, in check to prevent disease? 
That's a great question. So the thing is that I like to recommend that my patients let the plants decide. By that, I mean, if you're eating whole foods in the natural, as close to the natural state as possible, then the amount of sodium and potassium and things in the foods will dictate what your needs are and your body will extract these uh, nutrients and minerals uh, according to what your needs are. Um, there's some foods that are saltier than others, uh, but those foods are naturally salty. You don't have to add salt to it. So we tell our patients to add minimal amounts of sodium. We tell them to avoid oils altogether. Eat, consume the whole food. If you're going to consume uh, uh, olives, you should consume the oil. I mean, the olive itself, not the olive oil. So really let the foods dictate these things. And I think that helps get rid of the controversy. Montgomery Heart and Wellness Center, you have a full-blown restaurant, I do believe, and you really teach patients all about nutrition. I mean, you flat out, you serve them their prescriptions. Uh, so we have a question from Lee at 1242. She wants to know, are your patients very open to your treatments with a plant-based diet? Well, yes, they are, generally speaking. Uh, we have a skewed population. Early on when I started practicing this way, it wasn't quite a skewed population. So we had a few people would pass out nearly <laughs> when I'd recommend this, but you know, most people have gotten a scouting report and when they come in, they have an idea of what they're going to undergo. However, we still have some people who are a little bit resistant. Uh, we have different approaches to get people on board. We have uh, uh, miniature boot camps. We have a detox. We'll put them on a detox for seven to 10 days and have them come back. And once they realize the results, then they become you know more willing to, to go further. Having the food, the taste makes a difference. So, a full-blown restaurant, and now we've expanded to a grocery store where we can actually literally prescribe uh, groceries for a patient. We find that when they go to the supermarkets, they get foods that are not as healthy. So having the food there helps, uh, and also having uh, uh, quick programs where they get fast results makes a difference as well. And so this gets them to buy in faster. Question from Donna, 1241. Can you speak to the benefits of algae? I want to start using it, but I'm not sure where to start. Yeah, algae is actually one of the superfoods that we use. Um, these sea vegetables are rich in minerals and vitamins, and they have many nutrients that we know about and many that we've yet to discover. Uh, I use the blue green algae. Um, the brand is E3 Lab, but it's, um, uh, it's high in minerals and nutrients, and so we have our patients add it to the smoothies or consume it straight. Uh, but algaes, I would just consume them as a food. It's a food additive. So I don't think you have to do anything special. Uh, if you get one of spirulina or one of these other algaes, just add it to your smoothies or add it to you know any of your other foods or you might make a, uh, a raw uh, um, pudding or something, you add it to that. But I can just you can just consume it uh, in any way you'd like and just add it to your diet. I think it should be fine. Megan writes in 1243 from Facebook. Would you recommend a juice cleanse occasionally for relatively healthy individuals? And if so, for how long? Great question. Now, we, we have quite a bit of experience with juice cleanses. And uh, although it appears to be somewhat controversial, what I can say from my experience with thousands of patients and many of the people in our data that we published were consuming smoothies and juices, uh, they have to be raw. You want to get them from uh, the best produce available. Uh, there are some, you know, uh, uh, health supermarkets and juice places that does a pretty good job of juicing. But we've had people do juice cleanses anywhere from 15 to 30 days. We've had people do 45 day juice cleanses. I've done a 101 day juice cleanse. 
And uh, we've just seen remarkable results. Many of my diabetics whom I have very a lot of trouble just with the raw diet or whole food plant-based diet, getting their numbers correct. When we put them on a juice cleanse, 30-day juice cleanse, uh, their numbers correct. And so it decreases inflammation. So healthy people can use a juice cleanse uh, as well as someone who's sick. So you can do it once a year if you're healthy, I think is a good frequency or twice a year. I would say 30 days. I wouldn't do just seven days because the first seven days you're just going through detox. So I'll do at least a minimum 15 days or maybe 30 days. And then if you can tolerate that, just kind of challenge yourself further. So juice cleanse, in my opinion, are healthy ways of uh, integrating into a, a healthy uh, maintenance, uh, uh, nutrition maintenance, health maintenance. All right. Here's a question from a fellow medical worker here. Uh, Paula, 1243. I work in acute inpatient rehab and see lots of these clinical pictures. Uh, wish I knew what I could do to go about educating them about these lifestyle changes. Any advice that you can give to Paula? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's uh, these patients are at, uh, you have an advantage because these patients have a lot of um, uh, incentive to improve their health. And um one way, just show them some videos. If you have a cell phone, you can just find some in a store, some quick videos that you can show them some quick stories. Um, you know, PCM have stories. We have stories. Uh, just give them some information up front. And so just some information is the first thing. And uh, if they're in a rehab and they're willing to, to try a plant-based diet, you know, discuss it with the family. Have them discuss it with the family. Have them do, you know, a week or two weeks, you know, if they're, in these uh, rehab facilities, uh, it's especially long-term acute care facilities, but some rehab facilities, people are there for several weeks. So that gives you an opportunity for if they try just a plant-based diet for a week, seven to 10 days, they can start to see results. And uh, that will be the first step toward encouraging. So when it's, it's nothing more powerful than an individual seeing results uh, when they try the program. Lots of questions about fasting here. Uh, Monica, 1245, if someone goes on a water-only fast, how much water should they be drinking each day? Yeah, so um, we do intermittent fasting, and so we have protocols. We do not water fast anyone for more than 48 hours. Uh, Logically, if you're on a longer fast, you need to be on an observation. True North has water fasting. It's a water fasting clinic. Uh, and so if you do a, a, a fasting Personally, I fast and water fast for six days, six and a half days. Beyond that, you want to be under some observation. I'm able to draw my own labs. But just to answer your question, if you're doing a fast, one, I would say 48 hours, no more than three days in a row. And you can do it intermittently with a raw diet or juicing. Uh, and so I try to get people to drink close to a gallon of water a day. Uh, that's not hard and fast, but you certainly don't want to be below 64 ounces. You just want to keep yourself hydrated. Now, uh, water is an amazing diuretic. So when I've done water fasting, uh, it's going to keep you running to the bathroom, but keep yourself hydrated. About 64 ounces or more than that, uh, or up to a gallon is a day is what I tend to recommend. I do the same thing with juicies. Time for just a couple more. Uh, this one from Dinah at 1251. Interesting question. You have often suggested eating raw fruits and vegetables in the morning and during the day and cooked uh, foods in the evening. Does that mean we should eat our cooked oatmeal at night? <laughs> that, that's, that's a great question. Uh, the answer is yes. Um, and the reason I do that is that you, you want to consider the transit time of food. So a raw food is going to have a faster transit time than a cooked food. Uh, and, and also the hydrating foods. So like the hydrating fruits 
you want to consume those more in the morning. So if you eat an apple or a peach or watermelon or, or pineapple, those more hydrating foods are going to have a faster transit time. Your dark leafy greens will be sort of intermediate. But then the cooked foods later in the day, obviously not too late, but, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock, something like that, uh, because or at least I should say last uh, in terms of your meals because you want the faster foods to go through first and then the slower transit foods to go through later. All right. The final question comes to us from Billy. He writes, I lost an incredible amount of weight a few years ago and thought I was doing really well, but I went to the hospital after a freak injury and was stunned when scans revealed that I had atherosclerosis. Easy for me to say. What can I do to reverse this? Is it even possible? Well, the thing is you can continue to reverse it. Remember the weight loss, you want to consider the mechanism of weight loss. You know, when people lose weight, you know, somebody can lose a thousand pounds by, you know, liposuction or amputation of a leg or whatever the case may be. So the mechanism of weight loss is going to be important. Lots of people get gastric uh, 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 bypass and they lose weight. They do get some biochemical benefits, but not necessarily all the biochemical benefits. So be conscious of the type of food you're eating. It's going to be the mechanism of what you're eating. We talk to our patients, and I'll see a patient, I'll put them on the detox, they come back, and say, oh, gosh, I lost 20 pounds. And so that's wonderful. What are you eating? And they'll say, well, I've been eating, you know, pretty much what you tell, except I have a little bit of this, except I have a little bit of that. I say, look, that's not satisfactory. I want you to be 100% on the plant-based diet. If it's a raw detox diet, which you're 100% on that, not a bite, not a drop, not a crumb. You have to keep the biochemistry of the food in mind. So you can do a plant-based diet 90% of the time or 80% of the time or whatever percent and still have weight loss benefit. And that's great. But if your food is not perfect and you have advanced disease, atherosclerosis, heart failure and the like, you have to be 100% precise on the diet and not let any of these other foods come into your diet. So if you're eating healthy, and losing weight, that's wonderful. And you're getting benefits. I'm not saying you're not. But there may still be some things you need to do. So that's why you need to be 100% on the diet. Quick example, analogy, if I'm going to go and operate and plant a defibrillator, you don't want my gloves to be 95% sterile. Most of the time, you're going to be okay, but somebody's going to get in trouble if I'm only 95% sterile. I have to be 100% sterile. So make your diets 100% sterile. All right. And I'm going to slide one more in from Sue because this is this is just such a great follow up. I think she's just a huge oatmeal fan. She says, well, what about eating raw oatmeal for breakfast? I'm guessing she's assuming uh, overnight oats. That's right. So that's a great question. So raw oatmeal is a quick little thing. If you get the steel cut oats or oat roats and you get, say, a, a Vitamix blender or one of these powerful blenders or Blendtec, whatever, you can then put the oats in the blender. You can put some uh, steep water in it. So like water steeped in a pot that you normally make for tea. So the water is a little bit warm. And then put, you know, your herb seasoning, cinnamon or whatever, and you can blend it. So then you have a blended oatmeal. It's warm, but it's not cooked. And so that would be okay. What I will say, though, that oatmeal will still have a slower transit time than, say, raw apples, raw peaches, raw plums. So Maybe that's something late morning you can have uh, that would have a little bit faster transit times than if it's fully cooked. But you can have oatmeal in the morning. I wouldn't make it the first meal. Make it, say, midday at brunch time after you've had your raw hydrating foods. I tend to recommend that patients have the raw hydrating foods, your watermelons or your apples or peaches or plum, the hydrating fruits early in the morning. 
and let your body hydrate. We also do smoothies and raw juices early in the morning, plus water. You hydrate yourself early in the morning, and then mid to late uh, day, you can have foods like your raw oatmeal or your salads. All right. I feel like we really are just scratching the surface here, but we are out of time. I know, though, however, if people want to work more with you uh, over at MontgomeryHeart.com, you're offering an online nutritional boot camp course. Yeah, that's right. So it's uh, um, I hope you have in the chat, but it's online.MontgomeryHeart.com. And uh, it's the online nutritional boot camp course. The results that you see our patients going through all of our data, the core component is nutritional detox. And what we decided to do, because we get patients coming from all over the country, different parts of the world, and many people call in and they want to follow the program. So we've made it online. And so I have, uh, it, it's a very comprehensive program. Um, there are lots of lectures and recipes, and it gives you a step-by-step approach to follow this detox. Plus it allows you to break the detox with the maintenance program. We will also be adding a, um, a support group uh, and uh, you, your your audience will get $100 off. I think we, uh, my people made it up for the next week, uh, but it's a great program, and the price you pay gives you one-year access to it, and it renews every year, and we're constantly adding new content, more material. Uh, in about a month, you'll have access to our nutritionists uh, and information as well. So the uh, that's our, our website, and then the online boot camp is online.montgomeryheart.com. Uh, and uh, I think the uh, discount code is PCRM. You get $100 off. So uh, anyone is be great for a loved one or anyone who wants to detox. We've had great results. People uh, trying to improve the immune system for the pandemic. Uh, there's a swine flu that's supposed to be coming out. So you want to have a way of detox and cleansing your system on, the, uh, uh, on a regular basis. And so that's going to be uh, a good tool that you can use. So I hope uh, you find uh, good use out of that. And you can find a link to Dr. Montgomery's online nutritional boot camp course in the episode notes for this very show. Don't forget to use the promo code PCRM to get $100 off the registration. Also, in the episode notes, you will find a link to Dr. Montgomery's incredible YouTube show called Beyond the Script. And if you're in the clicking mood, don't forget to click over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Lajani Family Cookbook, Beyond Ambrosia. There's a link to that in the episode notes as well, plus Josh's other book, Sick to Fit. Now, if you ever have a question that you want answered here on the exam room, join us Monday through Friday live noon Eastern over on the Physicians Committee's Facebook page and YouTube channel. Join us there for the exam room live, or you can tweet your questions to me at Chuck Carroll WLC, or send me a message on Instagram. Just make sure that you use the hashtag exam room podcast. One quick piece of news, a a little health headline that I want to read to you real quick. Joey Chestnut set a record by eating 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes at the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest last weekend. And in a related story, nobody cares. Television ratings for the annual Gorge Fest hit their lowest level in 15 years. Now, for those keeping score at home, those 75 hot dogs add up to about two weeks worth of fat and calories and a boatload 
of cholesterol. So what does that mean? Well, those record low ratings, that means health. Health, ladies and gentlemen, is making a comeback. Thanks for being part of the revolution. Don't forget to subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Really, wherever the finest podcasts are available, that is where you can find us. Go ahead, look for that Exam Room by the Physicians Committee, hit that subscribe button, and please also leave a five-star rating. I've said this before on the show, and I will say it again right now. Our goal is both to entertain and, more importantly, to inform. We want to get this information, this life-changing and even life-saving information in front of those who need it the most. And one of the ways that you can help us do that is hitting that subscribe button and leaving that five-star rating. Because with every new subscription and every five-star rating, we climb just a little bit higher in the podcast rankings. And the higher we climb in the rankings, the more promotion we get. And the more promotion we get, the easier it becomes for those who want to change their health, improve their life, to find this information. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, hit that subscribe button, leave that five-star rating, and help make the world a healthier place. It's going to wrap things up for us today. My thanks again to the Lajani family for sharing their unbelievable weight loss story with us. Be sure to pick up their cookbook, Pure Ambrosia. And also thank you again to the incomparable Dr. Baxter Montgomery for bestowing his healthy wisdom with us on the show today as well. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember... Stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based.